AEC Business, the construction industry's innovation and technology show. Hello and welcome to this episode of the AEC Business Podcast. My name is Arni Heiskanen and my guest is Manja Horner, founder and CEO of Boost LD. And our topic is learning in the construction sector and more specifically Manja's digitized training service. Mania, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, and uh, I appreciate you having me here today, all the way from Canada. It's wonderful, so thank You have been in the learning business for 12 years already. Um, What attracted you to it initially? Well, I'd say even longer, really, I've been in this business of teaching adults, and it's a a bit of an interesting journey. I started as a violin teacher. So I was teaching music in my late teens, 16, 17, 18, all through high school. I had a music studio. I had 20, 30, 40 students from all ages, but I loved teaching adults. And I was teaching various styles of um, fiddle and that Celtic sounding music, which is very popular on the East Coast of Canada, influenced by Irish music. And... I just was starting to learn how adults learn. And I formalized that when I went to university. I have a business degree in marketing, and I also have an education degree. And I, after quite a number of years, I was getting tired of music instruction. I'll be honest. It was, you know, daily in and out, same sort of things. And I ended up in corporate learning. <clears throat> so I've seen through the corporate learning years, the biggest, the best investments in um, in people enablement, people development that you could ever have seen. So big, big learning management systems, millions of dollars invested into developing learning training, creating adult learning strategies, really the best. And after that stage, I started doing freelance work. So I worked for safety training, I created learning for a whole bunch of different, really, industries and environments from pharmaceutical to natural health. I got to see different models of training. So making products, learning to sell, um, train the trainer models, training employees. I I really have had a very broad um, cross-section of adult learning. But where the construction piece came in for me and my business with Boost Learning Design or Boost LD is my dad had a construction company, still does to this day. So I spent time in my youth, in my teens. I grew up in the shop. I grew up on job sites. I grew up on the tools um, in carpentry and restoration. He's very specialized in heritage restoration. So I have a real passion for protecting architectural Um, buildings that have significance, proper restoration of buildings, and have spent a lot of time with our architectural conservancy here in Canada and Ontario. And so, yeah, really basically at this point, both of these paths have converged. My love of construction, that passion for helping folks in the skilled trades and the business owners, because it can be very tough when you're a business owner, you're good at the job, and, and it's tough rising into that ownership status where you're leading a, a company, leading a team through growth. So I've, I have quite a passion for both those sides. Um, and that's really how everything came about. Yeah, I, I guess that many people in 
who are in the construction industry in one one way or another, they have some family background in construction, <laughs> typically. It feels like it, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned already your company, um, Boost Learning Design. What what exactly do you do? And well, for who? Um, predom- yeah, for sure. Well, predominantly we're doing learning and development strategy and implementation. So what that means is when our ideal customer, who it's a person who owns a construction company, you probably have over 50 employees, you have this growth plan. A lot of times we're working with um, next generation owners. So it might be somebody bought the business from a parent or they've inherited a business, taking it over or from even a grandparent. Um, That's very typical. You're a little bit younger. You know there's a lot of opportunity to make this business really modernized. And that's our typical customer. They see that they have some challenges with their staff. Maybe there's a lot of turnover with the workforce. They're struggling to get their supervisors to, to manage people well. They've got all these different roles, you know, project managers and people in the office. And what happens when somebody leaves? What happens if you have to bring somebody new in and you've got to be the one to train them? It's very, very time consuming. So it's typically at this point where they know they need some human resources or HR support, maybe even some help to get people trained. So when we are introduced to the company, we become your partners. We do a deep assessment of what's going on in your training, in your HR, your systems, your technology. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to take this business? And how do your people need to be functioning to get you there? Um, But we don't just give you a report. We're not a consulting company. We actually work with the company to build out job descriptions, standard operating procedures, processes, uh, make sure the technology's up to snuff, and then building out courses or training. You know, we have some, some customers, some clients who they want a whole training program built for one of their job roles. It might be they've got a whole bunch of pipe layers and they want a pipe laying program. Okay, great. Let's build that training. Um, sometimes we work with unions and uh, they want to invest in some very fancy training. So we actually build virtual reality, augmented reality training. So we can offer very basic, which means it's we, we just need to get the information out of the heads of, of our most important staff. So we can do very basic support and all the way to big investment in augmented or virtual reality for construction industry. I like your approach with uh, starting with the strategy because oftentimes we just jump into some training, (laughs) doing some training or or something. Yeah, that's a very good, good, good idea. Um, So you already touched on on the on the challenges uh, of of an individual company, but. What what kind of challenges, especially now, construction companies face in attracting and, and retaining workers? Well, attracting workers, as we know, is a challenge across the board. I don't know what the environment is like as much in Europe, but here in North America, I'm in Canada. Both in Canada and the U.S., we're facing massive shortages in skilled trade workers. And our governments are starting to pour a lot of investment into attracting youth at the high school, you know, those upper years of school level before they go on to their career. So there's a lot of investment into attracting young people 
and showing how valuable the trades are for them as a career option. So I'm really thankful for that. We're starting to see things shifting with trades are a very excellent career choice for students. So I'm really thankful for that. But there is a challenge with recruiting at the very basic level. And what I'm hearing from some of our clients is that they're hiring folks just because they're willing and able to work. They're not hiring them necessarily with any experience yet. So they're mm -hmm. coming very inexperienced. They really need a structured support when they get started with a company. That's very important. And interestingly, this is also what helps with retention. I'm going to talk about onboarding for a moment. So this is onboarding is the experience that a new staff has when they're hired with you and the paperwork signed all the way to a few months into the job. That's sort of that onboarding period. Now, you can have a very great onboarding plan for your staff, for your new hires. It starts the day, even just before they come to the job site or come to that office or the shop. And it continues so that they know what to wear, what to bring, where to go, who the team is. They feel oriented to the job. They feel oriented to the location, what's expected of them. It's very clear. Policies are clear and they can access everything ideally from their phone. You know, that's really what mm. what a good onboarding looks like. And this can be a very great recruiting tool. When you're hiring somebody and you can say, here's our recruiting tool. Sorry, here's our onboarding path when you get started. We have training internally. If you want to be promoted within different roles with the company, we have a we have a plan for you. We want you to be here long term versus a company who has nothing. Which one would you pick? You know, you're going to young people are going to go for the company that has a, a great way ahead for them. And it shows that there's opportunity within the company for them to grow. So this is a very important piece um, that many companies across all the industries are using. They use onboarding and career pathways as a way to hold on to key talent. And we need to keep bring that thinking into the construction industry. We can do that, too, um, with a little bit of planning and effort. Yeah. So um, you already talked about a little bit about your, your digitized training service. Uh, but how, you, you, and you have experience in other industries as well. So how is your service tailored specifically to the construction industry? Yeah, so um, we have some systems or some technology that we use that's a little bit more appropriate for construction sector. We don't make our own platform. We basically recommend some technology that's already available in the market. They're called learning management systems or mm. LMS. And there's also human resource information system, HRIS, and knowledge management system, KMS. So these are three software that you would want to have in place at the right size of the company. You know, you need you don't need to run out and buy big software if you're small. But if you're getting bigger and you have growth plans, it might be worthwhile investing in some of these larger software so that all your people have one place to go to access all the information. Um, you know, some of the other ways that we make sure it's tailored to construction industry is we recognize and know the type of job 
environment. So that's a really important aspect when you're creating training or you're putting information out there for people. Do they have access to a computer? Do they have access to a phone? How can they um, access the training? Do they have time set aside in their month if there's training that has to be done? Can they be pulled away from a job site? Do you have people filling the spot when they step away? So there's a lot of considerations that have to happen. Also, we know that this is an environment where, you know, it's very hands-on. It's very skill-focused. And so training has to be different when you are developing skill. And we can talk a little more about that. That's definitely a passion area of mine because, um, you know, a lot of times we give people information. We say, hey, Arnie, this is how you do the job. You have to pick up the thing and you measure it and you cut it and then you're going to line it up and you're going to hammer it and you're going to use this. You're going to use that tool and you're going to use that nail and then it's got to go on that wall and it's got to okay, do you think that's easy to follow? Like that's really hard to follow. That's just telling somebody what to do. So there's different ways of structuring for skill development. If you want that person to be proficient at that job, you have to show them. Yes, you tell them, but then they have to start trying it. And this comes from my background as a music teacher. You know, if, if you want to be a decent musician, you can't just watch a video on how to be a good musician. You have to pick up the instrument and you have to use it a lot. <laughs> That's how you develop skill. You practice. Practice makes progress and then hopefully perfect. So we have to plan our training like that. We have to have that skill development in mind. So we're actually building that, that worker skill in an intentional way, not just telling them and getting frustrated if they don't do it right the first time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree that you cannot learn to how to ride a bike by watching a video. Also. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, you have to get in there and do it. And, yeah. 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 That's right. Um, so um, you talked about those technologies and systems already, but you also mentioned something about AR and perhaps VR. Uh, mm. Are those already used in the in this sector, or because I have yeah. got some mixed messages about them, but maybe you can enlighten us a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Really, like the thing with augmented reality, it's really useful for field training. So, for example, it's you know the app Snapchat where you have a filter over your face and it makes you do funny things. That's basically augmented reality. It's a filter layered over a video of the reality. That's a very basic way of describing it. So one example of augmented reality for field training in the trades is in um, electrical safety. So if you've got an electrical panel, and I'm gesturing, <laughs> if you have an electrical panel and you want folks to be able to practice that on the job, sometimes with a trainer or not, you can have an iPad with the augmented reality that they hold up over that panel. There's goggles as well for this. And they can even be on a video call with an instructor looking at the panel on the job site and it's showing where things go or gas lines or, you know, so you can use augmented reality in the field for training at a job site, digging a hole, holding it over, um, you know, a wall or to look at plumbing. Like there's a lot of ways that you can use augmented reality in the field. Virtual reality, um, we've been using for 
working from height training. So the feeling is that you're way up on a, a skyscraper, a very tall building um, under construction, and you have to do certain activities up there using the handheld and you've got the goggles on and you actually feel the wind. It sounds very windy. And when I have this on my own eyes, I'm walking across the plank and I have to say to myself, Manya, this isn't real. Keep going. Like it's very, very realistic. Um, and a couple of other ways that uh, virtual reality is being used uh, from our developers is elect, um, what's it called? Elevator technician. So elevator technician training. That's an interesting one because you're in the elevator shaft and you're having to do things there. And sometimes people are in the training and they realize, I don't like this. I don't like this feeling, you know, so it can actually give you a sense of the job um, even during the recruiting process. Another one is scaffolding training, building scaffolding. So, yeah, the virtual reality and augmented reality can definitely be used where there's a lot of people that have to go through the training. It gives quite a realistic sensation. And there are already commercially available tools that you can use for that? Yes, absolutely. Like this is already being used by mainly big trades unions. Mm. Um, I don't know the union environment in Europe, but, um, you know, we mm -hmm. have big trades unions here in Canada um, that train many, many, many workers and they're, you know, very well trained and the unions invest in some of these larger technologies. Absolutely. Oh. Very good. Um, so you probably have uh, companies of different size, sizes and types of companies uh, as, as your customers, but uh, and and you you certainly have some some uh, basic uh, let's say I'm I'm not just saying tem templates but <laughs> certainly some mm -hmm. some kind of processes that you can use over and over again. Sure. But but how do you customize your your programs for for these for different companies? Yeah, good question. Yes, yeah, so we do have a standard process that we go through with all of our clients. Um, you know, one is our own process just to make sure that we have as much information as we need to be able to create the strategy and recommend the right systems and training and all of that. But I have learning consultants on the team and they are all very, very experienced with, you know, master's degrees in education, lots of experience across industries um, and in construction sector, and they do the customization. So they really work one-on-one -on -one with each client um, to bring that vision to life for the client. And we have instructional designers, app developers, you know, the web developers, everybody is um, on the team to customize for each client. So it's very, very customized. We don't have one product at the moment that we're selling. Um, probably would be easier, I'm not gonna lie, if we could do that, but it's just not the case. Everybody needs something special. Mm. Yeah, I can imagine. But now that you have you have these processes and technology and 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 all, all all that, how can you measure the effectiveness of your of your training programs? Yeah, that's a great question because measurement and impact this is a this is the biggest topic in the learning and development industry across every type of company. How are we measuring the impact of this? 
And how are we going to know that it's actually doing something? Well, I think we have a lot of opportunity in the construction sector because we haven't really been doing this at all. A lot of our measurement is, have you messed up something on the job? But we can't, you know, that's very costly to have these costly errors on the job at a, at a job site. You know, it costs the company a lot of money. It can be very dangerous depending on the type of job for there to be errors. So we have to be a little bit more diligent about making sure people know what they're doing before they are out on the job. So we put, when we're actually at the beginning stages of the project, let's say for example, we're working on one specific role. Okay, it's, um, let's, let's take the pipe laying example. We have pipe layers and there's 25 of them that we need to train. Um, <clears throat> when we're planning that initial program, we're looking, for, we're looking to figure out what are the performance outcomes. So that means what do we want people to do better after taking this training? So we start with that end in mind. And then we back up a little and go, okay, what do we want them to learn? What kind of knowledge do we want them to have? What sort of skills do they need to develop to achieve this outcome? What sort of mindset maybe or attitude do they need to have towards, um, you know, becoming better at this job. So that might be, we need them to think about safety above all else. And next it's precision. And then it, you know, there's certain sometimes mindset. Then we back up a little bit more and we say, okay, for each of those things, what are the objectives for this learning? Okay, we're, we're going to have to make sure that they know how to dig a hole. But first, they need to be able to get in that machine and operate. And then we need them to read the plans and uh, dig based on the plans. So there's a very high level. Okay. Next is how are we going to measure each of those things? Okay, so in order to know if they can read the plans, we're going to create a learning and then we're going to test their knowledge. We're going to put them through a scenario where they have to read the plans and come up with some sort of a, a dig plan. <laughs> I don't know, you know, like read the drawings, come up with a dig plan, show us through a, maybe a virtual module that they know how to do that. So that would be the measurement there to test their knowledge or their understanding. But then we might take it a step further and they have to actually demonstrate, you know, at the test site that they can dig that line and their supervisor has to sign off that, yes, they could dig that line properly based on the drawings. So there might be a test project. All of this is built into the training. You, you have to put the measurement in there along the way to test out each learning objective so that you know whether they did it or not um, and can perform at the at the level that you want them to perform at. Otherwise, it's a lot of trial and error at the job site, and that's very costly. But that's typical, right? Okay, get out there, go work with so-and-so, you're going to be on this crew, and let's see how things go. You know, that's not always great. But certainly you have some challenges regarding uh, all this technology and digital uh, learning. Uh, can you mention any, any specific challenges that you're facing? Yeah, I think really the challenge is right now is frankly adoption. So getting the business owners themselves to see the value in investing in these types of things for their own company. We're challenging the status quo, which means we're challenging the way things have always been done. You know, it, it that's really the biggest hurdle. We can see that industries across Oh, across industries, they're benefiting from these HR and learning and development practices and digitization of their content. 
companies are growing massively and they're all benefiting from it. And the biggest construction companies are doing this. So it's just really getting some of the smaller companies around the hundred people mark, getting them to invest and realizing this is the way to grow your business and also to have more ease in the day to day of your company. I think that's the biggest challenge. I mean, getting the work done is no problem. It's really just getting um, the investment. And and the other challenge I'd say with this industry is we're in the information services. So there's a lot of work that is done behind the scenes before you see anything completed. You know, we're working with folks who are very tactical. They pick up a piece of wood and they make a thing. You know, they work with metal and they create something. We're creating stuff on pieces of paper. So at first it can feel a little bit um, disarming or unusual because it's like, well, what have you made? Just wait. It's all coming together. So I'd say those are the two challenges just with um, that are unique to the construction industry that we we don't have in other industries is, is really just getting folks to invest, getting companies to invest in this and also, um, having them see through, see the vision and stick with it because it is an information thing that we're making. It's very Mm. different. Mm. Yeah. But I know there are trade secrets, but can you, can you share any success stories or a story, uh, uh, where your digital training program has significantly, uh, impacted the construction company's efficiency or, or, or project outcomes? Yeah, great question. I love that one. Um, The first thing that came to mind was a supervisor training program. So there were um, there was a a company that was really struggling with getting supervisors able to manage their crews. You know, that's common. We have people who are good at their job and then they get promoted to be a supervisor or a four person, but they maybe don't have a lot of the people management skills. They haven't learned how to, you're not the one who has to get the job done. You have to help a whole bunch of people get the job done. That's different. Um, So we built a supervisor training program. And what that did was it gave those people the ability to coach, to um, hold people accountable to their work. It gave them the opportunity to... um, start to think a different way. You, They have to think like, I'm a leader now. I'm not a doer. And what this did was it it helped the owner who always had to step in, help that owner really grow because you can't grow if you are managing a team and you have to keep coming in and solving all the problems as the owner. It's very frustrating. We're always trying to help that owner pull themselves or the senior leadership pull themselves into a position they need to be. Um, so that their supervisors, four people, managers are actually doing the job of managing each of the crews. And that is a big transition. And that's, I'd say, where I I love that program. I really want that one to go more widespread because I see that as being a really common need. So just it really, in that case, it's it's freeing up the time of the owner and the leader. Um, It's saving you know, saving headaches because people tend to leave their supervisor or manager. They quit because they don't like their supervisor or manager and what they're doing. So it can really help with employee turnover. 
because right now, if you've got good people, you want them to stay. You don't want anything to get in the way of keeping those good uh, good workers. Mm. Yeah, you touched on a, on a really important uh, thing there. Um, but uh, you you already are, I, I guess, at the forefront of, of learning and, and technology in, in that sector. But how do you see the future? Is there still something... Uh, coming up that would uh, make your job even easier or the results even uh, better? Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, we're all seeing AI, artificial intelligence, impact our industry. So when I say industry, I mean the the learning and development industry. You know, we're seeing, we're using it. We're seeing it being very beneficial, not only for um helping well actually a lot of it is actually assessing information and summarizing information very rapidly so one of my favorite ways that we save a lot of time is when we do all of our interviews because if we're working with a company we do a lot of interviews with staff how was your experience what would you like to have done differently what do you think you need to do your job better like we ask all these interview questions and so you get tons of Sometimes we record the conversation, so you get a lot of transcripts or you have tons of notes. And we're using AI to actually summarize those notes, pull out key themes, help us basically analyze the information. So that is very helpful. Um, there's a lot of ways right now that we're using AI and we're working with some folks to develop our own little bots. <laughs> so they're like the little expert bots that go over chat GPT or other generative AI, and we can ask it questions. It's already programmed to think like our team. We're training it to think like us, so it can help us speed up some of our content creation and and course development. Um, You know, AI, I think, is going to become very useful with analyzing the results of training, uh, probably helping us measure people's success. I think there's a lot of opportunity that AI is going to bring in helping us be more effective in the future. I, I'm not afraid of it. I mean, I think it, it's scary, but um, I'm using it as much as I can in in the ways that it it's suiting us and helping us save, save some time. Mm-hmm. I can see a future where everybody, uh, even on the construction side, would have their personal AI assistant. Yeah, I love and, that. And also, they, they, the assistant could, could also be uh, teaching us some, some, something so that it, it would become part of the educational program to, to actually train those uh, agents to, to help their, the, the workers and, and managers and so on. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's... Yeah, a, you know, I, mm. There's actually like some cool applications with AI, especially for if you have a lot of video content in your in your internal learning management system. So like mm. videos of how to do things, um, mm. lots of videos. And I think that's great to video document. You know, if you're a good worker, have a GoPro and video certain things and then put that up, um, clip that video up and have it available for others to search. So that's a couple of ways that AI is helping reduce time and money is editing video. You can have it edit video so smartly and quickly. Another thing is actually making your video searchable. So the content of your videos can be searchable. That's very helpful. So I think AI is just going to make the information we have in our own company more available and more easily accessible by others. 
Yeah, I, I but but I think we 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 should have another episode just talking about the AI. I know, and I feel like I'm I'm very junior in this, but um, <laughs> we're using it. We're we're trying to keep up. We're learning. Um, basically, I feel like at this point we're all doing our best to stay with it when it comes to AI. It's moving so fast. I was thinking about what is the one thing that our listeners should remember from this our our discussion. One thing that comes to my mind is that actually learning and, and onboarding, as you said, those become competitive advantages for companies. Do you have other... I love that you said that. Yeah. I love that you said that. I fully agree. I think a strong onboarding, and I'll take that a step further, career pathway. Mm. So professional development intentional pathways for people to be able to move through your organization. I think that's a huge competitive advantage. It's a great way to attract and retain um, top performers. That's a competitive advantage for sure. Um, I think the other thing is to realize that skill development takes intentional focus. Yes, you can bring somebody along and just hope they learn by observing and trying and failing and trying and failing, but we can be pretty intentional with skill development. It doesn't have to be such a long trial and error period um, when you're creating that training or learning very intentionally. So that's another thing I'd, I'd leave with folks. And, you know, we're, we're really happy if you, if you have any questions to follow up. Yeah, so how can our listeners contact you? Well, you know, um, I hope you have some information in the show notes, but our website is boostld.com. I'm on Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn, and I'd be happy if you wanted to email me. It's Horner at boostld.com, so feel free to reach out directly. Manya, thank you very much for this opportunity. It has been a pleasure talking with you. Same with you. Thanks for having me here and thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to this podcast and visit aec-business.com, the award-winning blog, for more news and stories. 